0: Sometimes it seems that every book has been written already, right? Yeah, but actually that's not true. There are still lots of fields unexplored by authors and it's they are just waiting for pioneers to explore.
1: And we've met one of these pioneers and we really invite you to watch this interview and learn so much from Claire Leiden. Hi, we are Andrea and... Freya. <laughs> And we are here to become uh, international best-selling authors,
0: and we are here also to take you along for the ride. Mm -hmm. So, um, Andrea and I, we were at the London Book Fair this week, and there it was hmm? this week. This week, I'm sorry this this year. (laughs) I'm
1: off. I haven't. I don't (laughs) know. Yeah, we were at the London Book Fair this week. It was amazing. We were the only people there, but it was amazing. (laughs) The
0: funny thing is, we just talked about how long ago it feels, but okay. Um, So we were this year at the London Book Fair, and this is where we ran into Claire Leiden. And Claire is a globally international best-selling author based in London, and she's an author of sapphic romances, a podcaster. She's the host of the podcast Lesbians Who Write, and she loves, and this is something we share, nuclear strength coffee we basically kind of started talking and just hit it off like instantly and she agreed to come to our podcast and talk to us about
1: sapphic romances because in this genre she has been a pioneer she has met all these expectations that some big publishing houses had said and she had to deal with them
0: and it's actually really surprising i think um what she told us so you definitely make sure that you listen to the interview because what she's about to tell you might shock you and it definitely shocked us and it just proves how much unwritten words
1: are still out there and they're just waiting for authors to take them on And i think it proves that um, whatever expectations you meet from the outside when you want to write a book you still can and have to do your own thing because you can be successful with your own thing and i actually think um, that's the only way to be successful doing your own thing at least in the long term in the long run finding that voice just inside Mm. of yourself yeah so so with that
0: so make sure you. We just, you know, leave you to the interview. Make sure mm-hmm. to listen to it completely. It's amazing, and yeah, have have a great time.
1: Bye. <laughs> Hello, Claire. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming.
2: Uh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for asking me.
1: Kaya, wanna say something? Yeah. So? What? Well- <laughs>
0: Hello! I'm, I'm, I'm so stunned you know because okay you, you guys might not know this but you know getting to this point that everything is working and we record everything <laughs> was not very easy so I, i'm still stunned by the fact that everything works so um so yeah claire thank you so much for having us um guys we met claire at the london book fair when andrea and i went for the very first time and she has very kindly agreed
1: to come to our show and she answered some questions before uh, this interview, and one of them was, What's, what is your favorite quote? And she answered with, just keep going. So, Claire, how did you learn that you have to keep going? And how, because even though the first step can be intimidating, and most people don't take it, um, even more people, it's not possible, but, you know, majority of the people who take the first step, they just... Don't uh, they just give up in the long run? So, how did you learn that you have to keep going, and how um, do you keep going?
2: Um, so, I suppose I learned how to keep going through necessity. So, when I um, when I gave up, sorry, not when I gave up, I got made redundant in 2013 and started my business in 2014. Um, when I say business, I didn't really realize it was a business. I just launched my first book. Um, but I had a I had a bit of a, uh, a weird I suppose a, a slightly strange journey in that the first book did really well. So um, you know I had no expectations of the first book. I just thought I'll put it out there, see what happens. I didn't expect to become a full time author um, off the back of it. But um, the first book did really really well. Um, I it went to number one in the lesbian romance charts in the US and the UK wow. within like two hours. Um, wow! In two hours. Yeah. that's impressive so so I was yeah so I was quite stunned and I think you know to get to that point I I suppose I am quite a uh, I like to do things well so when I was leading up to um, self-publishing my first book I had um, a lot of uh, other lesbian and sapphic romance authors in my corner who give me a lot of advice and I'd listen to their advice and I tried to do things as good as I possibly could you know got a professional editor got a professional cover design all that so I'd put all the blocks in place for to try and make it as successful as I could but you never know right you never know what's going to happen with a book especially your first one so because that was a a real success then then I had um I suppose one of my friends said to me the worst thing that could possibly happen is your first book is, is a success because that puts pressure on you yes I can
1: <laughs> and it was, relate to that <laughs> yeah
2: and it's kind of true um so I think the next couple of books uh, I bought out, they did pretty well, but they didn't do as well as book one. So I'm like, oh, okay. oh my God, oh, my God, you know. So, okay. but what, do I do? what did I do? What did I do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? You, you either give up and think, well, I'm never going to do yeah. as well as that first book, or you keep going. And so I think that was my first um, sort of lesson in the just keep going uh, mantra. But I think it's something that I repeat to myself all the time, even nine years down the line into this journey, um, because there are times like at the moment I'm I'm very stuck in a book, and you wouldn't think so, right? It's my twenty fourth um, novel, so you think I had this shit down by now, but um, <laughs> but but it's not how it works, and I'm I just got really stuck in the midpoint, and I haven't been I've just been avoiding writing it, um, and and so but I've just kept saying to myself recently just just keep going so i suppose it's like doing little and often is is the way to just keep going um and sometimes i'm like a burst writer and i do loads and loads of words um you know my my biggest day is over 10,000 but that was that was a bit crazy 10,000 words but you know yesterday mm-hmm. i struggled to do 519 words um but you know i got them done and i kind of feel like i had a little breakthrough yesterday so it is a constant <clears throat> just reminder of just keep going and it's not about just the word count but all the all the little bits of workout you do get you to another book get you to another chapter another uh, another and eventually another book but in all the things it's just about being trying to be as consistent as you can but you won't do it all the time because you're human. I love That's, that.
1: I love that too and I have two put in here because it's so crazy because uh your beginnings you described they're just mine I uh okay I was so successful with my first book and then the next ones they didn't do as well but what's right. even more funnier is uh, my 24th books a book which I uh, started writing in NaNoWriMo last year I got stuck in the middle <laughs>
2: that is that's, that's right <laughs> that's that
1: right so crazy and and i and, 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 and i put it down until the midst of january and only then i got to, to to back back to the book back to the story back to myself and then i had that breakthrough and could write it. and now it's done but i thought it was i just thought this is crazy that
2: is, i think that's crazy
0: i think one of you one of the things you said are but it's so important but I think it's kind of you know getting not the attention it deserves doing very little but doing it every day is 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 the key sometimes you know because you know you go through times where you are not as creative and where your output isn't there but I think the worst thing you can do in these moments is to stop altogether but once but if you keep the flame alive basically and if you are moving you know day by day and but then you are still moving even if you are moving slowly right and it's something that's helping me actually when I feel like I can write I always each and every day I sit down and write and even if it's just a 100 words because then I go to bed and know I have written a little bit about my book uh, on my or I've worked on my book and I think this is something that keeps you from having these you know thoughts that really make you feel stuck you know like I haven't done any anything today so I'm, I'm a failure and this is I think one of the worst mindsets that you can have
2: yeah absolutely but it's it, it also as well just uh, I, I think putting putting the stuff that's most important just make sure you get a little bit of that done and I think I haven't been I hadn't been doing that over the last few weeks um, I think I had just been trying to avoid it <laughs> um so I don't always practice what I preach but yeah I, I mean it's putting the big you know it's the whole um was that the gold time management you know getting the things that really matter done and even if it is just a little bit um just keep just keep going on it yeah um yeah definitely the- and I, I I'm curious to know though uh with your 24th book that you've just finished them, um, how did it turn out in the end uh, I just need to know how mine's going to turn out
1: um it to me it turned out amazing to my better readers it turned out amazing um but I I haven't published it yet because um I I plan to publish it on Kickstarter which is going to be the first time I'll use it um but it's it's one of my favorite books that I've written so far so because the story is very different to the books I've, I've I've written before so maybe that's Part of the reason why I stuck, not because I wasn't able to write the story, but you know there are these doubts sometimes, and you think, well, it's it's such a different books book. Will my reader like it? Uh, readers like it, and they did. So, <laughs> they are uh, so yeah, I think it's 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 pretty amazing.
0: I think you're gonna be fine, Claire. I'm
1: okay, All pretty right, sure. <laughs> So, um, so I you talked li- you, you talked a little bit about your beginning. So, but how did you start, and when was that, and why did you start?
2: Um, yeah, it was twenty. Well, I, I started writing London Calling, which was my first book, in two thousand and eight. On um on the main uh, uh gay street in Sydney, um I was in a cafe and I just started writing this story. Um, so my first book even though it's called London Calling it starts in a, in Sydney um, and uh, yeah and I that t- that book took me because I was working full-time so that book took me about five years to write and then I got made Redundant from my job in 2013 and they gave me a chunk of money and I thought what can I do and I thought maybe I'll try and finish that book that I've got written or half written and see if I can do anything with it and i I. You know, I'd heard of self-publishing, but I didn't really understand it or think I could do it. You know, it was things because being an author was something other people did. Uh, I've always been worked with words. I've been a journalist, magazine editor, website editor. Um, I was a music journalist when I got made redundant. So I've always worked with words, but never, never in longer form. So I thought that I didn't do that. Um, But when they gave me the chunk of money, I thought I'm going to try. And then they also gave me six months gardening leave. So I got paid to finish my first book. Hurrah. Um, So and then Mm. I published it and it was great. Um, uh, Yeah, so and, and then I didn't really as as all these things, you don't really know what you're doing when you first start. Um, at all, and, you know. <laughs> nine years on, I'm not sure uh, how much more I know. No, I do. That's I do a know- relief,
0: by the way. Yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do definitely know a lot more. Um, but you know, it was. It, there are there are lots of. It's like any journey, right? There are lots of stopping points along the way, and you'll probably get to where you'll go want to go. But it might take you. You might go the short route, or you might take the long route. Um, but when I when I was going to uh, publish my first book, I did I did try and get it published uh, via traditional publishers because I didn't again I I wasn't aware of self publishing. Um, but when I approached um, agents and publishers, they all said because I write uh, lesbian and sapphic romance, they all said that they didn't want any publishers wouldn't be interesting in in a love story between two women that had a happy ending. Uh, basically, you had you had to die or just be tragic in some way. And the only stuff that was out there in the mainstream was stuff like Sarah Waters and Janet Winterson. Um Very literary fiction, not genre fiction. My books, um, I like to say they're sort of holiday, beach reads, holiday reads, like I want to, they're romances and romantic comedies, I want to leave you feeling happy. Uh, so, and and the publishers weren't interested in that. It's only 2013, it's only 10 years ago. Everybody slammed the door in my face, so I was like, "Okay." I went to a specialist publisher in the US um, that was queer publisher, and they said, uh, "We'll we'll have a look at it and we'll get back to you." It'll take three months to get back to you, and they came back to me and gave me a they They said it was really good, but they wanted some some uh, adjustments to it um But they sort of said, "But we're not going to publish it." And they sent me that rejection letter on Christmas Day. So, thank oh my you.
1: god!
0: Happy,
1: happy Christmas to you! <laughs> That's not a publishing house you want to work with. <laughs> no.
0: Um, but, but in the long but, run, it turned out to be a gift, right? Because then you did self-publishing. So, ooh, yeah. I love that! Ooh. So,
2: absolutely. But in the meantime, in during that whole year when all this was going on, I'd already kind of gotten into the mindset of self-publishing. So I was actually quite <sighs> glad when they sort of said I thought well I'll hang on and see because you know that's what I've been told publishing was you have to get the okay from someone else from a gatekeeper but as soon as they said no then I thought right I'll have to get it get it in order to publish so I published it two months later um, yeah <laughs> so and you know then haven't looked back but as I said there have been a lot of ups and downs but I was really lucky uh, in that sort of first bit because I had I'd worked in publishing for quite a long time, um, magazines and websites. So I had a friend who was co- who could design my cover, who was a designer, a friend who was a book editor, a friend who was a typesetter. And they all still uh, – my cover designer is still my cover designer to this day. Oh,
0: cool.
2: And my editor and my typesetter. So um, I haven't pissed them off too much in nine years. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we we do have Christmas parties in my company. So my I've also set up my own publishing company. You know, it's, it's wow. very – it's very difficult when you first start. You don't think you're <clears> setting up a business. You don't think you're setting up a publishing company. But as soon as you publish a book, you are. So um, I, I called my company Custard Books because custard is my one of my favorite things. And it's my favorite word. Um, and, yeah, and I take all my, um, not, not employees, what are they? They're my colleagues out on Christmas parties because, you know, we should celebrate. That's one thing I'm really big on, celebrating. So Great. celebrate mm-hmm. your wins, even the small ones every book launch I go out uh, me and my wife go out for dinner and champagne and oysters mm. um, and if I have a, a a good day I'll go out and celebrate that um, I don't need much
0: to, to celebrate I I love so many things of what you've just uh, just said and I relate to so many things actually and I think one of the things that you just said and it's it's also one of the main takeaways for me from the london book fair you know when we were at the um self-publishing forum i think it was yeah. um the author- um, oh, or yeah. or panel um where we met actually the one thing that really stuck with me and i think this is something that is a different mindset that you need to adapt when going into self-publishing is it's not a career, it's a business and you need to treat it, you know, like a business. It's also, of course, a career it's, it's, it's writing and you are a writer, but you are more than just that. You're also a business person, you know, venturing out in in, in this economy and um, which offers a lot of opportunities, but also challenges. But I think this is something that I hadn't realized, you know, going into self-publishing that this is also a business and um i think you know I'm, I'm trying to adapt this mindset at the moment but it's something that it's it's a message that i would like you know to get out there to authors who start out you know to to really realize um <clears throat> reading and self-publishing is different now it's it's you know starting your own business basically
2: yeah and it's something that i think most people don't understand when they go into it but as soon as i started it i I knew I sort of hired an accountant and um, they they told me get your business bank account you know all those things set up so you're keeping everything separate um from yes. your from your general life and that's really important and but I think it's one of the things that I've been quite surprised at that I really like so you know I never I never expected oh, you know I've always had a job and worked for something else and I never expected to run my own business I, I like to say I stumbled into it um but now sort of keeping the books and and doing all the business side of things I really I quite enjoy um so <laughs> yeah who knew? I related I'd, that too <laughs> yeah who knew I'd be a willing um CEO uh but yeah I I think sometimes and sometimes it's it can be I think you know going back to the not working not doing your writing as much as I should be doing over the last <laughs> little while it's very easy to, very easy to fill your days with all the business tasks but you have yeah. to remember to be creative as well so yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine balance
1: And I think it's um, it's different when you because you said you you wouldn't think of yourself as a CEO uh, back then, but you grew into this. You didn't have to decide. Well, now I run a business, and now I I, I have employees um, that work for me. No, you just grew into that, and I think this is what what makes it not easy because it's not easy, <laughs> um, but. It makes it, um, it feels more authentic and more, you know, you know, <laughs> I missed the <a> word here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even in German, so.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um. I think, but I think it is, Um. it's really important. It? I think a lot of people shy away from it. Um, yes. Because like, yeah. and especially... At, I think they think, oh, it's about marketing and advertising. And to be honest, I don't do that much uh, advertising. I do a lot of marketing. Um, what do you
1: do for marketing?
2: Well, I guess the best form of marketing is writing the next book. But um and people don't understand that. But you know, I I do. Um, I used to do a podcast called uh, the Lesbian Book Club. I ran that for seven years, and that was interviewing other authors. Um, And that now I do uh, a different podcast with my uh, friend and fellow author, T.B. Markinson. That's called Lesbians Who Write. And that is just chatting about what we've been up to. And then we answer a question every week. So that was just because um, I'm sure you can relate. I got after seven years, I got tired of booking people for interviews um making sure they were there um (laughs) and so and so um but I decided I preferred to do a podcast uh, with two people bouncing off each other which I which I quite enjoy that one yes um but but I also as well as podcasting which I I think I always had a secret hankering to be on the radio so um that fulfills Mm. that part of that dream um, and then I also uh, have a mailing list, which is really important to me. Um, I've, I've set that up in the back of uh, my third book, I think. Um, and so that's been running uh, for about eight years,
1: so seven or eight years. So how do you find weeks, people to to to, um, to come to your mailing list? What do you do for that?
2: Um, I don't do any paid advertising. I just put the links in the front and back of every book I have and um it's the first thing that you see when you come to my website so mm-hmm. so like the sign up buttons there and it says so i offer a free uh novella so people can mm-hmm. come and then just get and and then they sign up for mailing list and you can always just sign up read the book and then unsign up if you if you want to uh unsubscribe um you feel free to do that but but we should stick around because you know <laughs> it's um i i write very entertaining emails every two weeks and um <laughs> But I do get a lot of engagement out of that, and it's really nice. I think that's one of the things that – another thing that I didn't really realise when I first started in um, indie publishing, I should say. I always kind of say self-publishing as well still because it's a language people understand, but I always think it's a bit of a misnomer because I don't do everything by myself. I've got a whole yeah. team of people around yeah. helping me. So true. Yeah. I
1: agree. Uh,
2: um, but one of the things I didn't realise when I first started as well was the connection with readers would be so important and mean yeah. so much to me it sounds really trite it sounds like you know when pop stars go I couldn't have done it without my fans <laughs> I love you all um but without readers um I wouldn't be doing this job so um and it really means a lot to me when people email me and tell me that they've loved the book and tell me that they feel seen uh, because m- with the books that I write um with lesbian and sapphic representation it's very representation is super important. Um, it's never been more important, especially with the world as it yes. is right now. And people, um you know, I at, every week I get uh, emails from people who've never read a book with um, Sapphic or lesbian representation where it's a happy ending. And seeing wow. those happy endings, yeah, that, that, that because it, because they're still not in the mainstream that much. Like mm-hmm. you never walk into a bookshop and see a Sapphic lesbian no. romance. You just don't. They're not on the shelves, so people don't know. And if they don't,
1: I wrote one. <laughs> oh wow,
0: you wrote
1: one. It's a, and, and Even it's though I'm it's
0: <laughs> It's one of my favorite books of hers, actually. Ah. It's it's just beautiful. It's mm-hmm. taking place in the seventies, and you feel like it's it's summer, and there's strawberry cake, and <laughs> it's it's a but beautiful. Of book. course,
1: it, 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 it. Some of the topics are also related to the time and the difficulties for um for these two girls back then yeah so. 1974, just, was that, 1974 was that 1974 yeah. yeah that's so oh, cool but it's only in German available so far but okay
2: <laughs> maybe i don't. I don't understand every well 120th word
1: well maybe you'd get <laughs> the white <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> no but I just had a um um and, and there was a, um, that was so cute because um it was a book talker and a man and he's he's gay and it was his first uh, a book about two, two girls that he read. so um oh. and, and, he yeah, really yeah. mm-hmm. and he really loved it too. yeah he really loved it too. and uh, yeah and I think it's really important because um I have a thriller series and I never thought about uh, writing about uh, to, to to women. you know, it just came to me. the story just felt right that way and it was a thriller. <clears throat> and I got so mean reviews on that book, and I was like, "What's the point?" What? what? And and, 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 I, and I think only then I realized how hard this must be to 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 write in that genre. And, 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 and yeah. And
2: yeah, I mean, I think generally, um, I don't get. I mean, if if you write queer queer books of any any type. Uh, whatever the genre you're going to get reviews that that give you one star because there's too many too many gay people too many green <laughs> people like that's just it's just a it's kind of a rite of passage like you know when mm-hmm. you get those reviews you have to laugh you know <laughs> I, I've, I've had reviews one star too many lesbians well guilty as charged <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> but it's it's so funny you know because you know when you write queer romance and you know I guess, you know, you make this clear, you know, to people who buy the book, you know, what kind of book they are getting. It's like, you know, people ask for a blue flower and then they complain that it's blue. Like, what's what's your problem? Like, seriously? Yeah, e- No, it's
2: it's it's a very strange thing. I don't I don't really know. I don't really understand the, the mindset, but, you know, mm. there you go. I'm not going to I'm not going to waste time worrying about it cause, no. because because equally there are people that um, pick up my books or any um, sapphic romance books and didn't might not have known. I'm not quite sure how they would have missed it, but maybe they're surprised, but maybe they're surprised in a good way. So I prefer to focus on those.
0: But I think what I what I really love is um I and I think this is why indie publishing is such an amazing thing, you know, to bring about change in the book market, actually. Because, you know, when you describe that publishing houses have rejected you because you have a romance between two women that doesn't end in death. <laughs>
1: like oh.
0: yeah, crazy. <laughs> um and, and you have you have been rejected because of that. This is it's, it's very obvious to me that this means that the book market needs to change because those books of course need to be out there because they are readers for that readers who long for books like that. Right. And I think, um, I'm again reminded of the power of indie publishing to bring about this change uh, in the book market where it sometimes feel like if you have a certain trend that you have the same book all over again and you are being fed all the same stuff. But people long for different things because people are diverse and so should be so the book market should be too, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's not just uh, with with queers, with everything, anything that isn't um, basically white, straight and middle class um is out of the realms of normal publishing like probably 90 95 of books published are about white straight middle class people uh because the publishing houses are filled with white straight middle class people so <laughs> so so the gatekeepers are they they want what they want and they think that's what everyone wants um it's getting better um very very slowly though and and traditional publishing is very slow to change because it's it's a lot harder for bigger institutions to change, but it is where queer, uh, not just queer, so indie publishing is uh, disrupting the market and has disrupted the market for yes for like many years now. And if you look at all the um, all the big sellers <clears throat> in queer romance, they're mainly indie
1: publishers. That's so true, and it's so interesting. It's like in politics, you know, you only have these white straight. <laughs> Middle-aged, in that case, mainly men, and yeah. and they decide over like every person, and that's and and and, and that's that's just frustrating, and and, and that's why and I think- love indie publishing so much because, mm-hmm. as you said, you can just, as Freya said, you can just, um, and you can create new trends. You can tr- yeah. can create trends that would have never started in in the traditional publishing world um like dark like romance, even though I don't read it, but you can make these things, these tiny things, you can make them big and you can make people aware of them. Just because you we can create on our own platform. We don't need the platform of the publishing houses, yeah. via social media and a newsletter and, and all these things, we can create a platform where people listen. And where where even and- the white straight middle-aged men have to listen. At some point, at and, least. And I think books are this
0: great tool, you know, to draw people out of their comfort zones, right? So yes. even if you are a straight, while a white male person, white man, you entr- <laughs> <laughs> well but why shouldn't you enjoy sapphic romance right so yes. because um you know f- for instance i have really enjoyed andrea's book even though i'm not queer but I even really the loved even it.
1: The, the the man who only likes men enjoys the books so. exactly
0: so and i think this is books are this great tool you know to get out of your comfort zone and experience new things in this very safe space by just turning a page right so and i think this is uh it's 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 great you know that you are part of the change that is happening in the book industry um yeah um me
2: too but um yeah i mean definitely and i think that i think that a lot of people think well uh, oh you, you're writing books about two women falling in love with- well i'm not i'm not queer so i can't read that and i'm just like wow you know the amount of books i've read with straight protagonists <laughs> and, enjo- <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and enjoyed so why wouldn't it be the other way around as well it's very bizarre it's like a because a lot of people I think um, younger uh, people would say well why are there even those categories why can't it yes. all just be fiction but you kind of have to have the delineation just so that you can also have, have the positive representation um, because if it was all one um, it's sort of for discovery and stuff like that as well. It would be very difficult, um, but you know, yeah, it's. Uh, I've got my point now. What was my point? What was the first bit?
1: <laughs> but I think that that might be true for romances, but for instance, for crime, it, it doesn't matter when there's a couple in it um, if the couple's uh, straight or or not, that, and so yeah.
2: Oh, I think I think I was saying about readers. So you basically you don't have to be queer to read a queer romance. Um, no. That is full stop. Um, and uh, while I think there's quite a lot of crossover, um, if you have two men, so um, there's a lot of um, that that genre is mainly written by straight women and read mm, by straight that's women. So,
1: funny,
2: um, right? Yeah.
1: Really? <laughs> Why is that? Yeah. Really?
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. i know look, i know quite a lot of um gay romance writers and they're all straight women um so but um <laughs> but why not like I, I i wouldn't say that no one anyone can write um a, a queer romance and anyone can read a queer romance you don't have to be queer to read it um and i would say you know probably at least 10 15% of my audience are men um and they and they come to it and they've never come across it before and they've that some of them just love it like they they love the the female empowerment um yeah and, or they just love something different right it's a there is a whole untapped market i quite often think that's a that's a market that i should be marketing to that are untapped <laughs> like there are so many men out there who would love a lesbian romance <laughs> yeah maybe
1: go they for just... it flip to some pages sometimes but <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I think our time is running out, right? Our time is running out. But we do have two questions. I think the one we've already kind of um, answered, uh, you did. But but we always uh, ask them in the end. So, the first is, what change do you wish for in the book world? Um, What change do I wish for? Um, Yeah, just probably
2: more... More representation across the board, not just not just with um, queer stuff, but with ev- every uh, minority in inverted commons, which is makes up a huge
1: chunk of the world. Yes, I,
0: love that.
1: I support that totally. Do you want to ask the second question because you like it so much? <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Well,
0: okay. The second question we ask is. Um, what is the first book that is still on your to be read pile, and why haven't you read it yet?
2: Oh, that's a good question. That's uh, a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to give you an answer. Uh, there is. There's. I'm trying to think of. I, I've got an enormous pile of books by my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suddenly seem to start. Getting sent books um, from publishers, which is lovely, Um, but I don't really like when I'm. I like to read in bed, and I always drop these books on my head, and um, so I think the Kindle is it's a safer bet for me. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I I think it's so far buried in my to be read pile. So, what do you read right now? Um, I read, uh, um, sapphic romance and just general romance. So, I've got my go-to authors. Um, I'm actually just about to read uh, uh, the new one from Alexander Belfour, which I've mm-hmm. never read her before, but she's a uh, traditionally published. So, I guess since that's one thing that has changed, there is a lot more queer fiction out there from yeah, traditional publishers In now. They realize. Yeah, now they've realized the market's there because mm-hmm. indie publishers highlighted it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now they want a, a slice of it. <clears> so uh, yeah, so they're. I'm, I've got hers up to read uh, next, but I'm just finishing off uh, a book by JJ Ari- Arias, um called The Love Conspiracy. Uh, she's a fantastic uh, sapphic romance author.
1: Great. So you read mainly in your own genre? I read, yeah, I read...
2: I read, probably read more general romance, to be honest. Um, I just read Emily Henry's book, Lovers, and I and I loved that. So um, I read her People We Meet on Vacation, and I didn't like that very much, so I wasn't sure. But my but my niece is a book uh, blogger, and she said to me, persist. So I did. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I just generally like to read around romance and romantic comedy, like people like Mari, 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 Mari McFarlane, and um Shari Low and people like that. So um yeah, I think I I am in movies. I love a rom com. In books, mm. I love a rom com. They're my favorite. There are
0: too little rom coms these days. <laughs> yeah. Obviously.
2: So not not the ones that Netflix put out. They're rubbish. But um, the the good ones.
1: <laughs> the good ones, yeah. But there are good ones on Netflix as well. You just have to yeah. find them. It's not that easy. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's not that easy. <laughs>
1: I always do the Rotten
2: Tomato test.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good way to predict. I don't know that.
1: You have to send me a link.
2: Yeah, if you what? look on Rotten, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, and my 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 Rotten uh, Tomatoes.
1: I remember this one. That's the my really gauge old is website.
2: Yeah, if it's seventy um, percent or over, I'll watch it. If it's over fifty, I might give it a little bit of an,
0: it's, it's a website where movies are rated, you know, um, you have critics rating and you have audience rating.
1: And Okay. Then I met another website, which was rotten.com and there they said that they posted guys, a guys, picture Guys, of, are, we are yeah, running out. <laughs> running out. Okay. Last minute. Okay. Claire, it was so nice to have you. We would have liked yes. to have more time, but technical stuff and maybe we can just repeat this at some point it would be great. Thank you so much for your input. Okay. Yeah. Lovely.
2: Lovely chat to you guys. And um, it was yeah, great meeting
1: to... you
0: in London yeah. and here, obviously. Yes. So take care and lots of success to you. Yes. Okay.
2: And to you both as well. All right. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll look Bye. forward to your 24th book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> so we're excited to read your comments and your questions and Whatever you think of this, and returning to our initial uh, thought, what do you think are there still um, genres or subgenres where we need, where pioneers are need, pioneers are needed?
0: And if you agree, then which one are those? Just write it in the comments, and also answer the question: Why haven't you written a book in this genre yet?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good question.
0: So. Thank you again for listening or for watching, whatever you did. And um, yeah, thank you so much. And we see you
1: next time on our journey. And you have to be excited because the next interview we uh, got to, the next two interviews we got to do, they're just so amazing people. The first one is Dave Chesson. And we will not tell you who's the second one, Uh, but it's a surprise. Be sure it's a surprise. And this person has a lot to say uh, as Dave had and as... there but just stay tuned subscribe to the channel follow us on social media and yeah. just stay
0: tuned it's gonna be exciting bye